Chapter thirty five of the Art of Travel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate McKenzie. The Art of Travel by Sir Francis Galton. Chapter thirty five Management of Savages. General Remarks A frank, joking, but determined manner joined with an air of showing more confidence in the good faith of the natives than you really feel is the best it is observed that a sea captain generally succeeds in making an excellent impression on savages they thoroughly appreciate common sense truth and uprightness and are not half such fools as strangers usually account them if a savage does mischief look on him as you would on a kicking mule or a wild animal whose nature is to be unruly and vicious and keep your temper quite unruffled evade the mischief if you can if you cannot endure it and do not trouble yourself over much about your dignity or about retaliating on the man except it be on the grounds of expediency there are even times when any assumption of dignity becomes ludicrous, and the traveller must, as Mungo Park had once to do, lay it down as a rule to make himself as useless and as insignificant as possible, as the only means of recovering his liberty. Bush Law It is impossible but that a traveller must often take the law into his own hands. Some countries, no doubt, are governed with a strong arm by a savage despot, to whom or to whose subordinates appeals must of course be made but for the most part the system of life among savages is the simple rule the good old plan that they should take who have the power and they should keep who can where there is no civil law or any kind of substitute for it each man is as it were a nation in himself and then the traveller ought to be guided in his actions by the motives that influence nations whether to make war or to abstain from it rather than by the criminal code of civilized countries the traveller must settle in his own mind what his scale of punishments should be and it will be found a convenient principle that a culprit should be punished in proportion to the quantity of harm that he has done rather than according to the presumed wickedness of the offence thus if two men were caught one of whom had stolen an ox and the other a sheep it would be best to flog the first much more heavily than the second it is a measure of punishment more intelligible to savages than ours the principle of double or treble restitution to which they are well used is of the same nature if all theft be punished your administration will be a reign of terror for every savage even your best friends will pilfer little things from you whenever they have a good opportunity be very severe if any of your own party steal trifles from natives order double or treble restitution if the man does not know better and if he does a flogging besides and not in place of it seizing food on arriving at an encampment the natives commonly run away in fright if you are hungry or in serious need of anything that they have go boldly into their huts take just what you want 
and a fully adequate payment. It is absurd to be over-scrupulous in these cases. Feast days. Interrupt the monotony of travel by marked days, on which you give extra tobacco and sugar to the servants. Avoid constant good feeding, but rather have frequent slight fasts to ensure occasional good feasts, and let those occasions when marked stages of your journey have been reached be great gala days. Recollect that a, a savage cannot endure the steady labour that we Anglo-Saxons have been bred to support. His nature is adapted to alternations of laziness and of severe exertion. Promote merriment, singing, fiddling and so forth with all your power. Or to Lyca says in a winter's tale, Jog on, jog on the foot-pathway, merrily bent the stiles, a merry heart goes all the day, your satires in a miler. Flogging different tribes have very different customs in the matter of corporal punishment there are some who fancy it a disgrace and a serious insult a young traveller must therefore be discriminating and cautious in the license he allows to his stick or he may fall into sad trouble kindliness of women wherever you go you will find kind-heartedness amongst women Mungo Park is fond of recording his experiences of this, but I must add that he seems to have been an especial favourite with the sex. The gentler of the two sexes is a Teterima causa belli. When you wish a savage to keep count, give him a string of beads. The boxes and parcels that are sent by the overland route are, or were, counted in this way by an Arab overseer. He was described as having a cord with great beads strung on it, and the end of the cord was thrown over his shoulder. As each box passed him, he jerked a bead from the forepart of the cord to the back part of it, over his shoulder. Drawing lots. It is often necessary to distribute things by lot. Do it by what children call soldiering. One stands with his back to the rest's other, pointing to the portions in succession, calls out, Who is to have this? to which the first one replies by naming somebody who at once takes possession. End of chapter 35